15 weeks into the NFL season. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom, Papa Shrill Knows Podcast. Your boy Papa Shrill here this week after a Chiefs loss on Sunday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Got plenty to cover on this one. Uh, as well as, I'm going to start with a, a, a certain play from uh, the Texans and Broncos game that I kind of want to talk about, but plenty to talk about about just pertaining to the Chiefs. Going to go just over the receiving core of the offense again, and it seems like every time I get uh, to this point uh, to record a podcast, it seems like it's a, a negative at this point. So, um, you know, a couple weeks ago with the Eagles game, of course, put out the uh, podcast about the stagnant offense, and we're going to have to revisit that essentially in this one as well, but just to get uh, right into it and get started. There was a play that I saw, um, I, I was watching Red Zone on Sunday and I happened to see um, between Texans and Broncos as they were playing and um, just watching it, re-watching it right now, it was just a quick little pass out to uh, P. Ryan and the ball was stripped away and taken in for a touchdown by Desmond King. So now what made this play um, which should have been a um, you know scoop and score fumble um, for six points for the Texans was actually ruled and came back as P Ryan was stopped um, as was given forward progress was stopped essentially so the turnover did not count it was a catch forward progress was stopped and I, I would agree that forward progress was stopped. It was definitely a bang-bang play. But then on the replay, you could see it was definitely, you know, he King gets a hold of him, kind of pushes him back a couple of yards. And with P. Ryan still trying to move forward, trying to gain some yardage there, I feel like you can make an argument the other way, or both ways. So what intrigued me so much about this play was to go to the tush push, the brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it, um, but the quarterback sneak that the Eagles have been running for over the past really couple years now um, with uh, 2023 and 2022 last year and, you know, has been an unstoppable play, which, you know, kudos to them and, and they have the right personnel. But I don't know how many times I've seen forward progress stopped on on that play only to let the play continue and the Eagles eventually, you know, either get the first down or, or get the touchdown. And I guess not even to put it on the Eagles. It's just they're the team that runs it so much and so often that, obvi- you know, obviously that's your first thought is is the Eagles. And that's, you know, the team that's made this play such a, a you know, hot topic. So um, it's just you can't have it both ways. You can't have a play like this that causes a defensive turnover and a score for the defense that ends up being a play that is turned back over. It was a third and three. Uh, ball was caught pretty much right at the line of scrimmage, and he was met by King at the line of scrimmage, and there there was no gain on the play. So the Broncos did end up punting on the next play. So it didn't you know have a, a huge impact in that regard. But to the score, I, I know the Texans ended up winning the game, but at that point it was 16-3, to three, I believe, which would have put it up to 22-3 to three at that point. 23 obviously if they but a 20 point game if they get the uh, extra point so a big change in that game whereas I feel like when you see it on the offensive side there's plenty of time especially on that play on the the push play um, when you're looking at a sneak that a lot of extra time is given 
to kind of let the you know the offense get ahead and and that's that's where you have to balance you know something like that because then it becomes an issue on other plays like this where you know this wasn't a push play or anything it was just a a, a check down by russ wilson to his back um p ryan and uh you know was stopped but at the same time I just feel like, you know, you kind of have to let that fumble rock if uh, if you're going to let that go on the other side where, you know, the Eagles go for a push play or, you know, anybody goes for a push play, you're one yard out, you get kind of stopped right there at the line of scrimmage, and then the second push, you know, that second wave comes in and you get the first down or the touchdown or whatever it may be, you can't, you can't have it both ways, I think, on that. So I think the NFL has a lot to uh, – a lot to to think about on that play obviously you know everybody or not everybody but it's a polarizing play um you either love it or you hate it and i'm kind of somewhere in the middle i i just don't like the i'm personally not a fan of the the push you know sneak is one thing but then to have the push and then and then now it's creating this gray area of when is a play dead when you know and and you know how are we letting plays go like that so i don't know we'll see um what the nfl does with it in the offseason if they do anything with it um but either way i think an interesting um debate to be had um about forward progress where does it you know, where does it end the play uh, once forward progress is dead? How much time do you give it? Um, so let me know what you think. Um, put your comments down in the comments section wherever you're listening. Um, as this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, as well, shout out to the YouTube channel, Papa Shro. Um, plenty of film reviews as well as uh, these podcasts going up over there on YouTube as well. So like and subscribe over there but um just to kind of get into now the chiefs um and what uh, they did this weekend obviously a down performance for the kansas city chiefs in a 27 to 19 loss to the green bay packers um, patrick mahomes ended up 210 yards one touchdown one interception and was a really tough play to say the least isaiah pacheco had a huge game 18 carries 110 yards and a touchdown and now to get into the receiving core. Or before we do that, I'm going to start off with a, a more a, a bit of a positive, more positive note, and that's the defense. I wanted to go over the defense first, um, just because I feel like they've been the bright spot. They did kind of let the Chiefs down a little bit um, on Sunday night, but nonetheless, they've had such a great season, and this was really the first time I feel like we've seen a team able to kind of especially in the second half and later in the game, be able to do more. Um, second half, they put up 13 points to win the game, seven in the third, a couple of field goals in the fourth. And about midway through the fourth quarter as well, right there at the end of the fourth quarter, getting that second field goal, and then worked their way with uh, 528 left with the uh, Jordan Love touchdown pass to Christian Watson. Uh, who had a phenomenal game, to say the least. Uh, Christian Watson had a great game. The secondary first time that they, I feel like, really gave up a, a big game. Um, just to go over the Packers receiving sets, I guess Christian Watson didn't have... Oh, that's rushing. 
I was about to say, how how was that his performance? I was looking at the rushing tab um, right here, and Christian Watson did have two carries for 15 yards, and I just thought, before I read the, the carries, I, I, I was just sitting there thinking, there's no way. I mean, he had a huge game. Nine targets for Christian Watson, Watson seven catches, 71 yards, pair of touchdowns, 27.6 fantasy points, have a day. Um, Romeo Dobbs also had a great game, four catches on five targets for 72 yards. Ben Sims was the other one with the uh, with the third receiving touchdown. Um, one target, one reception for one yard. And why not with the touchdown? How about that? So the, the Chiefs did give up a couple of big performances. You have two receivers over 70 yards, another one over 40 you got a tight end over 35 yards with 37 total. It was um, it was a tough day for the Chiefs secondary, I feel. Either way, though, 20, I mean, 27 points, obviously not ideal at all. And just to kind of get into what I wanted to look at, the grades real quick. So week 13 by far. The worst game for any uh, DB on the Chiefs roster, really. Trent McDuffie, the highest rated with a 58.1. Targeted five times, gave up four catches uh, for 30 yards. One of the touchdowns, Joshua Williams is the other touchdown. Sneed, 57.4. Jalen Watson, 46.5. And Josh Williams with a 44.5. And these are the coverage grades. Uh, per PFF that I am looking at right now. Just a rough, a rough outing for the DBs for the Kansas City Chiefs. So not to um, stick on this too long, kind of look at the rush defense. Decent, a lot better up front with the the run defense. Justin Reed at a 74.4. Matt Dickerson, 73.7. Leo Chanel, another good game, 72.2. George Karloff to 70.8. And um, so the the run defense, I feel like, was a little bit better. Uh, but obviously the, the coverage was just not there um, on Sunday night. See the rushing yards. 73 for A.J. Dillon on 18 carries, so not a bad game. Gave up 4.1. Patrick Taylor had two big runs, or, or the one big run, 24 yards, but two carries for 29 yards on the day. Isaiah Pacheco, though, he has uh, done an amazing job. And to now kind of move over to the Chiefs offense now, which is what everyone is still talking about, I feel, and for good reason, because uh, it's been terrible. It's been absolutely awful. The Chiefs receiving core, I mean, it has to be, it has to be better. Um, and I don't know at this point if it is going to get better. I just don't know. If um, this is pretty much what uh, I think you've got, essentially, if you're the Chiefs. I mean, I'm kind of flipping through some of the grades just looking at Sunday night. But um, 
with, with the receiving grades, but uh, this is kind of like what you see is what you get. And I think um, a big dose of reality because the Raiders game was an amazing game in the second half. Offense kind of showed what they could do. And even, you know, like the Miami film uh, that I put out uh, about a week ago or so, I'm, I'm working on the, the Eagles film now and um, pretty much I'm done going through the film. And even in that, on, on the film, it's not terrible. And it's just been, there's been laps of execution, but the Chiefs have to be perfect, I feel like. Especially in a game like Sunday night where the defense wasn't on. And the defense has been obviously the biggest the biggest contributor to uh, to to the wins this year. And you look at an eight and four team that could easily be a lot worse with a, a defense that, you know, isn't as good. I mean, you look at that Miami game and how good the offense looked in the first half. I mean, they didn't score a single point in the second half. So you have to you have to put it all together if you're Kansas City. And I think this is a, a season at this point where, you know, a couple of weeks ago I said I was starting to kind of get worried. The Raiders game kind of, I think, gave a, the, a, the fans just a false sense of security to a point. And, you know, 31 points, a big breakout performance for Rasheed Rice. And everything was trending in the right direction. And now I don't think that it can't trend back in the right direction. But this was a huge, you know, step back for the Chiefs. And, you know, looking at going into, um, we're going to snap counts in a minute. Um, but just even looking at the targets for Sheer Ice, nine targets. Eight catches, did have the, the one drop. 64 yards. Um, he did not end up in the end zone. It was Noah Gray, actually. Um, one catch for two yards on his only target that went for six. Um, next was Travis Kelsey with five targets. He had four catches, 81 yards. MVS, five targets, two catches, 25 yards. And then you had Pacheco with three catches for 30, uh, 13 yards. And then a whole bunch of guys with one catch. Richie James was the only one over 10 yards with a 12-yard catch. Sky Moore, one catch on two targets for five yards. So, looking at the snap counts and kind of where they're trending the last few weeks. Obviously, MVS, the big-time game um, against against Philly, the big drop <clears throat> that he had. Saw 37 snaps that week. That was 47%. Um, last week against the Raiders, 32 snaps. That was actually 53%. And this past week, um, down to 33 snaps. So he's been a little bit lower these last couple of weeks. About average for MVS this season is around, looks like it's kind of the mid-40s. Had 55 snaps in week two. That was his season high, 47 in week seven. But he's kind of stayed in the same range, 475 total snaps this year. Um, trailed by Sky Moore at 456. Sky Moore had 44 snaps this past week, 46 for Rasheed Rice, which is, you know, his has been way up after the bye week. Kind of starting to go towards the bye week. He kind of stepped up with a lot more snaps. Obviously, his season low with 12 at Jacksonville week two. But 45, 40, and 46 this past week. 
Well, Justin Watson, 40 snaps. Kadarius Tony 12 after not playing against uh, the Raiders. Had 22 snaps against the Eagles in week 11. So kind of see, obviously, the the usage has been very sporadic for Kadarius Tony. Uh, McCall Hardman was out as well. Four snaps for Richie James and that one big catch. And I do think Richie James could be a big piece to add more snaps to, give more playing time to. And I think he showed that a little bit. He showed that potential at least. I don't want to say he showed that because he hasn't really got too much of an opportunity at all this season, it doesn't seem like. Um, but he has come up uh, big. And I did see a stat, and I, I know I'm, I'm kind of just rambling this off the top of my head, but um, last year amongst rookies he had the highest catch rate. I just saw that somewhere thrown in some type of Chiefs thread or something like that. Um, just as, you know, receivers has been a big topic these last few weeks. And um, just to go to MVS and Sky Moore, just to kind of talk about this, I kind of, you know, already delved into the uh, snap counts and stuff. But um, Sky Moore, that, uh, it seems like MVS and Sky Moore a lot of times, or I feel like I see it more out of MVS, but giving up on routes and, you know, it just doesn't feel like they're in the right place at the right time. And whatever that is, you know, it's it's not getting fixed. It's not getting better. So at this point in the season, I feel like they're going to have to try new things. You know, maybe like a Richie James. Maybe finding a way to get McCall Hardman involved more. And obviously he didn't play this last week. I don't think he went on IR. I can't remember if I saw that or not. Um, just off the top of my head, but finding, finding ways to get, get more people involved and, you know, really attack with Rasheed Rice and Kelsey, you know, it seems like just depends on what defense they're playing and kind of hit and miss with him. And, but maybe Noah Gray is a guy that could step up more. I, I think what we've seen out of Noah Gray has been, you know, pretty reliable, um, all season long and, you know, last couple of years. He's been a familiar face that Mahomes has, you know, built a rapport up with the last few years. Um, Justin Watson as well, you know, to continue to see him out there and doing his thing. Um, just because he's had such a good season, at least for, for what, you know, what it's worth. I feel like, again, you know, it goes back to like I was saying in the last podcast was, you know, Justin Watson with a million dollar cap hit is wildly outperforming his, you know, ex- the expectations that you have on a guy that's uh, on a one million dollar cap hit. And as I said, 40 snaps for him last week. So just going back to see his stat line one more time. I don't think he was targeted at all, I guess. Yeah. Not on the list. So not even targeted last week but on the field for 40 snaps. So now is a big thing to look out for before I kind of go on to my next topic is how's Mahomes going to feel next week? Buffalo at home Sunday afternoon, I believe. And I do believe I will be at that game. What, what kind of trust is he going to have in his receivers? Because I feel like on Sunday night, and I, and I tweeted this, I, I believe, um, what exactly did I say? 
too much trust in the wrong guys. And that Sky Moore pass, the, the one that got intercepted, was absolutely, to me, you put too much trust in a guy that you shouldn't have trusted like that. How is that going to affect Mahomes? Because Mahomes has mentioned it a couple of times, I feel like I've heard in different times with the media, um, post-game, or maybe it was during the week. But um, either way, while he was at the podium, saying that he, that Andy Reid, you know, kind of challenged him to have more trust in his receivers in the bye week and really challenged Mahomes to go out there and, you know, be confident in his receivers. How is Mahomes going to respond now to not only the Philly game, you know, because I feel like Mahomes has kind of gotten, it was definitely over that at this point in this game, just to see the throws he was making. Um, the fact that he went back to MVS on a big time deep route that, you know, here, he, neither here nor there, I don't think that affects the outcome of the game 100%. <clears throat> obviously because the Chiefs were already in this position, but, you know, a blatant missed call on a um, defensive pass interference, which there was that whole drive was just absolutely fumbled by the officiating crew. Now, let's just get into that too, for a minute. I'll go ahead and just kind of give my thoughts. The Hail Mary is kind of a tough one just because it's a Hail Mary. That one, I'm almost the most indifferent on whether it should have got a call or not. The MVS one was egregious. I mean, you have a guy on his back. Um, and, I mean, I don't even know how many yards that would have been worth or anything like that uh, exactly. But a huge play, a huge momentum swing. Um, absolutely changed the course of the game at that point. You know, maybe doesn't change the outcome, but definitely changes you know, what's happening on the field. You know, the Chiefs still would have had to have scored the touchdown, got a two-point conversion, um, and, you know, to even tie the game, to try to send it to overtime. But the late, or not late hit, but unnecessary roughness. I think at this point, what I kind of feel like is all quarterbacks should get that benefit of the doubt. And I don't think... I feel like from a league standpoint, obviously here, you know, I'm a Chiefs fan, so, um, you know, that's that's our quarterback. You know, I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes getting hit like that. But I do think from a league standpoint and from a, sta a fan standpoint, it's kind of two different ideologies in a play like that because, you know, fans, you know, we like to see the big hits. We like to see, but... I just don't know if we, you want to see your quarterbacks getting hit like that. And granted, you had a huge performance on Monday Night Football from a backup quarterback where one of the superstar quarterbacks in the league right now um, was not playing and is out for the rest of the year. And you just got this guy. And honestly, off the top of my head, I don't remember his name. I think Browning. I do not remember his first name. Hell of a game on Monday Night Football. Um, and, and quite the game to watch. Jake Browning, I think. I might be wrong on that. So um, So I don't think you want to see your quarterbacks getting hit like that. And I think for the, mo for the most part, that is why we saw that. But then you also think on the, on the other end, or why we saw the flag, but on the other end, you know, is that why we didn't see the flag on the uh, – what was that, the, the pass interference? 
is that why they went to go make up that call because they looked at the jumbotron and said, oh, maybe we shouldn't have thrown that, that penalty flag. And just going back to the quarterbacks for a minute, I know, you know, you got all different types of, of quarterbacks in the league and, you know, one one's geared more towards running and Mahomes has, you know, ran a lot this season and um, been able to make some big plays and, you know, has uh, one of the highest rates of getting a first down with his legs um, out of all scrambling quarterbacks in the league. But again, I think from a league standpoint, you just don't want to, you don't want to see your quarterbacks getting hit like that. So I'm kind of indifferent on that penalty too. And I know the 15-yarder helped the Chiefs, but at the same time, it's that tone setter. You know, instead of running in for a big hit like that, you know, maybe could have run in and, you know, not hit him as hard, which, you know, at that point, I'm not going to get into the semantics of it too much, but I get it, it's football, you know, so it's also hard to call that um, when, you know, you got guys just out there playing the game. So to go into kind of one thing I wrote down of what could help the Chiefs, just because one the injuries we saw on Sunday night, we saw a lot of guys go down. Um, Justin Reed came back. After going down, Pacheco obviously went out and came back before he was ejected from the game for throwing that left hook. Um, Brian Cook went down. Drew Tranquil went down. Um, and Brian Cook, I, I don't think they put him on IR yet and, and said he could be back for the playoffs. So, I mean, he's a trooper. Have you seen the picture of that? It is disgusting. But I think one thing at this point, also just looking at what happened on Sunday night, running back depth. Um, Jarek McKinnon was inactive for this game, and Pacheco went down at one point in this game in a a play that looked pretty nasty um, with him getting kind of bent back and almost looked like his body was folded in two um, backwards. But he did end up getting right back into the game, made a huge play right after that, right when he came back in the game. But I think this shows a need that, you know, obviously also you've got Pacheco. Let me see. What was his yards per carry? 6.1. 6.1 yards per carry. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had three yards per carry. That was only on two carries. Kadarius Tony got in there with a, a carry as well. Both of them had six yards. So you have three carries or two carries for your backup back, three carries combined with two other um, you know, receiver and a back. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, four carries for 26 yards in the game, so your quarterback scrambled around a little bit here and there. But the Chiefs need running back depth, I think. And, you know, I know it doesn't fit Andy's philosophy 100%, but th- something's got to happen. It, something's got to happen to help get this offense together and and moving better. And if that's adding another running back to this mix, whether you're going out and trying to find a veteran running back to pick up, and uh, I mean, off the top of my head, I have no idea who's on the market. Let's uh, just let's let's play a little game and just see who could possibly be out there. The first thing that comes up, searched on Google, free agent wide receivers. After I typed in free agent, I think they know I'm a Chiefs fan. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, 
we'll circle back to that in a second. But adding some running back depth, even if it was, um, man, I cannot think of it. Pierce, I think. I cannot think of the, the man's name that had such a great preseason for the Chiefs. But adding some running back depth, running the ball uh, a little bit more. And I know you're giving, what, Pacheco 18 carries a game. I think he had 19 against the Eagles. I can't remember how many he had last week against Vegas. Um, but, I mean, he's running the ball a lot. So, and, and doing well with it. Again, 6.1 yards per carry. Pretty darn good. So, I'm still not seeing anything on right now. Either way, I think adding some running back depth, at least one more back, could really help run the ball a few more times a game. Um, And that could, you know, maybe help alleviate Put a little bit more trust into it. 33 attempts for Mahomes on Sunday night. So, and I mean, just do what you got to do to win, I think, at the end of the day. Because, I mean, if you turn this team into a, I don't want to say run first, because I don't think we'll ever see that with an Andy Reid team, but run more team and defense, you know, start using that clock a little bit more. The Chiefs, the Chiefs' opponents are still going to want to play that game of keep the ball away from Mahomes. The less time Mahomes has to work with, the better, which is still true. But this offense is just not what they have been. This offense is not what they have been at all in the Patrick Mahomes era. And, you know, for them to to get this to work, I think they're, they're just going to have to do something different, So something different than they've done. So... I, I don't think uh, adding I, or I think adding running back depth would help out um, to giving this team better life and maybe a better shot in the playoffs, honestly, because all you have to have is one of these games. And it's become a little too frequent um, at this point in the season, looking at an eight and four team that is fourth, I think, in the NFL or in the AFC standings. And. Let's go to that now. Or let's look at the upcoming schedule. So, I mean, there's not much time left in the season. And all of a sudden, this Chiefs team has went from being the team that you're probably going to see the number one seed to will they win the AFC West? which is insane to think. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Broncos are 6-6. Six and six. They're only two games behind the Chiefs. And with five games left, you have the Bills at home, on the road at New England. You get the Raiders on Christmas Day at home. Bengals on New Year's Eve at home. I'll hopefully be at that game as well. And on the road... At the Chargers, January 7th. Now, to me, this looks like an easy easy enough schedule that the Chiefs could definitely win out. Um, the Bills are not what they were, but neither are the Chiefs. I think we've clearly seen the Bills are 6-6 six and six right now. The Patriots is a gimme game, but another game that's one of those games. It's like, all right, you know, the, you, you cannot play down to your opponent. 
And I think uh, a few times that the Chiefs have done that this season. And that Broncos game, I think, is a perfect case, which they've absolutely turned it around. But this team is a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde, it seems like, almost. Just because it's like one week you get this world-beater team that you feel like could could beat anybody. And then and even with the Eagles game and, and this Packers game, it feels like they beat themselves. The, almost every loss this year feels like the Chiefs have beat themselves. But the Packers game is the first time where it kind of almost didn't doesn't feel that way as much and feels more of a a reality check in a way I think because just for the simple fact of you know what this this is happening too frequent essentially the way that the Chiefs are just not executing and not playing good football really and I'm excited to get into the film um, from this Packers Packers game just to kind of see, you know, exactly where it went wrong. And um, so we'll be having more film reviews. And let's see if I can I'll just go to the standings. Let's try to look at the playoff picture on NFL.com just to kind of go over real quick <clears throat> where we're at. You have both. The Ravens and Dolphins at 9-3 and three right now at top of the AFC standings. And then you have the Jags and Chiefs after that. Um, then, man, it's going to be interesting to see all the wild cards because you got the Steelers and Browns both at 7-5. and five, But the Bills and Broncos at 6-6 six and six as well. Meanwhile, the Texans are, st- are down there at 7-5 and five as well. So you got the Steelers, Browns, Texans, Colts all 7-5. and five. Meanwhile, right there outside, or right there, yeah, outside looking in, Denver and Buffalo at six and six. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how this shapes up at the end of the year with the AFC. Not at all what uh, I expected going into the season, or I think a lot of people expected going into the season. And the Bengals are still down there at six and six with that win on Monday Night Football. So definitely don't count them out. The Jags are eight and four. It's just been a nutty year. It's been a nutty year altogether. So again, um, going back to the film reviews, there will be more film reviews coming up on YouTube, Papa Show YouTube channel. Like and subscribe uh, this video here on YouTube, or uh, you know, go there and check out whatever you want to on their film reviews. The podcast as well. Um, Substack, papashronose.substack.com. Um, check that out. Um, put up uh, blogs uh, on the Chiefs all season long. And um, let's see, thinking on the spot here now. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We listen on this. Like if you enjoyed. Um, again, over on YouTube, like the video if you enjoyed. And we will see you next time uh, to talk more Chiefs football.